It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Part two, the show that's so nice. We do it twice because we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Evan Silva. We're presented by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1, your online sportsbook experts. And while we're at it, Evan, I'm convinced. And by the way, check out Evan on Twitter at Evan Silva. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. I am convinced that you now get your cognitive boost from Omax Cognitive Boost. That's how you're able to stay so sharp and to be so focused for well over an hour every week, breaking down every game. It's incredible. OmaxBoost.com slash, I always forget if it's feast or fantasy. It's feast. OmaxBoost.com slash feast. You get a 60-day money-back guarantee, and you get 60% off a one-month supply of Cognitive Boost. So, you've heard of Alpha and Omega. Omega-3s, they got the formula that uses high DHA. They combine that with Alpha GPC. That is why Evan is as great as he is. OmaxBoost.com slash feast today. You get 60% off a one-month supply plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. O-M-A-X-B-O-O-S-T dot com slash feast. All right, Evan, let us start the second episode with the Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals obviously terrible, uh, but the Rams, they, they've been uh, shaky as of late. Oh, yes, they have, and for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, we, we have a tendency, I think, to try to just come up with one reason for why things happen, but usually things happen for multiple reasons. And um, when you look at the Rams, especially like big shifts in just anything, you know, big shifts in anything don't just happen for one reason. They happen for multiple reasons. Um, with the Rams, there's been a big shift in the level of their offensive offensive performance, and it's for a variety of reasons. And um, the first reason is that defenses have started to play quarters coverage, cover four against them, almost like a prevent defense, and they are taking away the Rams' deep passing game. Okay, since the Rams' Week 12 bye, they've played three games against Detroit – Philadelphia, and Chicago. And it really began in the Detroit game. Uh, that Matt Patricia, who, you know, and the Lions have not been like you know, the smartest or the best team, but they've done some interesting things this year on defense. Uh, they really fooled the Patriots. You know, they, they, uh, they shut down Garoppolo early in the season. They've done like some uh, interesting like double team concepts at times to take players out of games, uh, specific players out of games. And they really kind of set a blueprint maybe 
for how to shut down the the Rams. And um, Jared Goff was, was bad in that game, and he took a ton of hits. And uh, they were able to exploit uh, the, the, the Rams on the interior offensive line. Uh, and all these teams have been able to exploit the Rams on the interior offensive line. Um, Austin Blythe and uh, John Sullivan in particular, the Rams have reacted by uh, just d- severely diminishing their play action rate. And their play action rate uh, over the last two seasons has been the highest in the NFL. Um, and I think that they just don't trust their interior pass protection at this point. Jared Goff certainly doesn't trust his interior pass protection because every throw is coming off his back foot at this point. And his passes are all over the place, man. I mean, they're wild. And he's not able to hit anything in the deep passing game. Over the last three weeks, he's 2 for 13 uh, on passes 20-plus yards downfield. He's 2 for 13 for 59 yards zero touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, and, you know, Todd Gurley is banged up. Todd Gurley is majorly banged up. He could barely finish last week's game. He's dealing with knee and ankle injuries. He kind of started in that in that Chiefs game before the bye, and the bye didn't get him healthy. And he's been banged up. He, he is scoring a lot of fantasy points, and I expect that to happen, uh, to continue to happen. But, you know, it's his kind of loss of effectiveness um, has, you know, uh, given the like defenses an impetus to play in this manner where they're like daring the Rams to run. And so you have all these factors and then you take, you remove Cooper cup who, you know, led uh, the Rams in under pressure targets. Um, You know, whenever Jared Goff was under pressure, that's the guy that he was going to, he's gone. Um, he also led the team in uh, red zone targets and targets inside the 10-yard line. So he's had an impact on their red zone offense. You know, So you combine all these different factors, and I think that that has what, is what has led to the Rams' uh, decline. Now, will that carry over to Week 16? I think it might. I, I think it might. I think they might struggle again. Um, and, you know, look, I was fully on board with them smashing the Eagles last week, and I was completely wrong. Um, but, I, I, you know, at this point, like, looking at it, it's now a three-game sample. Uh, they had played two games on the road. Jared Goff has these crazy home road splits. I, th- I thought it was the, r- the right move. It wasn't. Uh, Jared Goff has an 18-4 to four touchdown to interception ratio. At home and nine to nine on the road, his yards per attempt is way down on the road. The Cardinals can do all this stuff. They can do all this stuff. They can get they can get pressure with the front four. They've got Chandler Jones. Um, you know they've got Marcus Golden. Uh, they can get pressure uh, with four, and they can play quarters coverage. They're they're they are a zone defense in nature. Um, that you know that's Steve Wilkes' background. Uh, so. I think that, and, and, and it's on the road where Jared Goff has struggled. So I'm not trying to start Jared Goff at this point. Um, and if he has a good game and, and we, I leave it on my, on my bench, like I'm fine with that, you know, because I just don't think it's the right decision. I think you can, you continue to roll with, um, uh, 
uh, Todd Gurley. I think that you start Brandon Cooks with some trepidation. Um, Gerald Everett's targets are way up. He's got seven in back-to-back weeks. You can look at him uh, as a streamer, although the Cardinals have been really good at defending tight ends this year. And I think that you start Robert Woods with confidence uh, because, he I mean, he's up to like 85% slot. And so that's going to keep him away from Patrick Peterson. Uh, but, you know, not really looking into J- Josh Reynolds anymore. Uh, and then uh, e- even though he had 12 targets last week, uh, but not really looking into him. And then, you know, Cooks, I think you view as, as boomer bust. On the other side, David Johnson ripped a 40-yard catch against Deion Jones on an awesome play, like an, uh, an old Bruce Arians play uh, on the Falcons' first, on the Cardinals' first drive last week. Um, he lined up in the slot and just kind of ran right by Deion Jones, really. Uh, and uh, Josh Rosen hit him, and I was like, oh, here we go, baby. You know, David Johnson, big game. He's got 66 yards and a touchdown at the end of the first quarter. He has six yards in the second quarter, and he finishes with 101. Um, so it was a good fantasy game all in all. But, you know, it, it was disappointing to see him not have the monster game that we know he's capable of. Rams are bad in run defense. Like we saw Smallwood and, you know, Sproles and, and Adams put up, put up, you know, big combined rushing numbers against them last week. They've struggled all, all year in that respect. If they can keep the game close and with the way that the Rams offense is playing right now, I think they can keep the game close. David Johnson can have a pretty good, good game. I think the only pass catcher you can look at at this point is Larry Fitz. Uh, the targets have been there, um, 17 over his last two, had seven for 82, got a bunch of catches in garbage time last week, but um, and he's clearly the focal point of the passing game. He needs 32 catches to catch Tony Gonzalez for second most all time. Can he get 16 catches a game in the final two? Probably not, um, but yo, you, you never know. I mean, sometimes guys like, Coaches will be like, "Hey, let's try to get this guy the record, you know, or whatever." I'm not sure it's it, it's that important of a record, uh, but you know, something to keep in mind. And uh, I think you you can definitely use him as a wide receiver three in fantasy football. Um, but the the best way to attack the Cardinals from a fantasy standpoint use defenses against them. Um, last week, you know, the Falcons were the number one defense uh, on the week. You know, some bad defenses have had big games against the Cardinals. The Chiefs were a top-five defense against them. 49ers were a top-five defense against them. Broncos were the number-one overall defense against them. Um, So I think the Rams are very much in play as a streamer. We can move on to the next one. Okay, there is another 4.05 Eastern time game before the marquee Steelers against the Saints, and it's the Bears in San Francisco. The Niners have shown some life lately, Evan. Yes, they absolutely have. Um, you know, this is this is another game where it's kind of like a sneaky upset spot. Um, you know, Bears, um, you know, they just clinched the division. You know, they're sort of running out of stuff to play for. I mean, not really. But um, you know they're going out west to, to see to play this team that you know they probably although the games you know the 49ers have ripped off a couple wins 
pro- they probably don't see him as like you know a big time opponent. They're reading their press clippings, and you know I think that the 49ers can can show up and 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 play competitively in this game um, at very least. With that said, from a fantasy standpoint, it's not that great of a game for the 49ers. Um, don't really feel comfortable using Nick Mullins outside of a two quarterback league against the Bears. Uh, you know, Brita came back. He immediately retook uh, uh, feature back duties from Jeff Wilson last week and played pretty well, especially in the passing game. Um, you know, but are, are you really trying to use committee backs against the Bears? I don't know. You know, uh, receiver core, Dante Pettis is awesome. I mean, just unreal. I think that he might be the, the most confident. Well, he and Kittle. But Kittle has a bad matchup. The, the Bears have been unbelievable against tight ends all year. No, no tight end has reached 50 yards against them. Um, so definitely not an easy matchup. But, I mean, he's a, he's a top three fantasy play anyway uh, every single week. And then uh, Pettis, I think you, you continue to roll with him as a wide receiver three. Marquise Goodwin is just – I mean, he's running behind Kendrick Bourne. So you don't, you don't really want to use him. Um on the other side, I think that this can be a good game for Trubisky from a fantasy standpoint. Um, 49ers don't have great pass rush, uh, and I think that he can get it get it back going with his legs. Uh, I really like the matchup for Allen Robinson this week, and he is also in um, Josh Hermes-Meyer's air yards by low model. So um, Richard Sherman has been getting smashed recently. Um, like Tim Patrick beat up on him real bad a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I think that uh, Allen Robinson can win against him. And then the other cornerback is Tavarius Moore, third-round pick. He's playing in place of Akella Witherspoon, who actually had started to play pretty well, but they had a place on injured reserve with, uh, I believe, a torn PCL. So... Um, Really good spot here for Allen Robinson, and I think that he can have one of his big games. Don't usually like to, you know, go in on, on uh, Bears pass catchers. Um, last week, I guess Trey Burton would have been the guy to go in on. He had four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. Like that's that's a big game for a Bears pass catcher at this point. It's just spread so thin, uh, and you know, Tara Cohen eats into the passing game production so much. Tarek Cohen, every week. Tariq, dude. Tariq, please. For the love of God, Tariq. Tarek, oh, Tariq. Tariq Cohen, um, I think that he can have another good game. You know, this 49ers defense, um, we just saw like Chris Carson, Mike Davis have really big games in the passing game against them. They lost Ruben Foster a while back. You know, I think that this can be a game where, you know, Nagy loves dialing up the wheel routes to, Tar- to uh, Tariq Cohen. So um, I think we could see a bunch more of those. Jordan Howard has been used a lot more recently, but I just I don't think this game sets up as well for him. Um, he's going to be a touchdown or bust guy anyway. Gets almost no passing game work. He gets like one catch per game. So he, his floor is really, really low. He needs touchdowns to really pay off. Uh, but I, I like Trubisky to Allen Robinson stack, maybe even with Tar- Tariq Cohen. 
Um, it's going to take me a few times, Ross. <laughs> That's how I'm viewing the, this game. You know, Trey Burton, are we going to chase it? I don't know. He's got 12 targets over the last two games. That's pretty good. But I'm always worried about Adam Shaheen jumping in and, and vulturing one of his touchdowns. Don't really want anything to do with Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, catchless in back-to-back games. We can move on to the next one. Next one is the 425 feature game. Steelers, Saints, what do you got? It's really a fire the cannons game. Um, There are reasons to think that this game could not score as much, though, and that's because both of these defenses are underrated. The Saints defense shouldn't be underrated because they can rush the passer, they can stop the run, and they've got two good corners. I mean, so what else, what else, and they've got good safety play. So what else do you need? I mean, you're, you're really athletic at linebacker, you know, Anzalone, your boy and, uh, and Demario Davis. I mean, these guys are really athletic. Um, so that's a reason to believe that maybe the Steelers could disappoint. I'm not worried about, uh, Ben's like road splits in this game. I'm more, more worried about the Saints defense. You know, can they can they just stop whatever the Steelers uh, are trying to do? You know, I think that there, there's some reason to believe that, 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 that they could. Dennis Allen is like a schemer, um, and he's got great talent defensively. So it, it's not a, a, a gimme at all. But, I, you know, what do you, I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going to, like, sit Antonio Brown. You're not sitting Juju Smith-Schuster. The game has the, the – it's tied with the um, – Tied with another one for the oh, uh, Seahawks Chiefs, which we'll talk about in a minute. It's tied with that game for the highest total on the slate. It's play, being played indoors at the Superdome. You know, Vince, you're, you're starting like Vance McDonald, you know, even though the Saints have been awesome against tight ends. You're not sitting Ben, you know, Jalen Samuels. If he gets the nod, you're definitely running him. Uh, if James Conner comes back, you're running him. So... You know, I, I think it, it could be kind of an interesting game to fade in daily fantasy and kind of hope it's like 23-21 or something like that. Uh, but in season long, you know, we're, we're using everyone. Same goes for um, <clears throat> Drew Brees and, and all his guys. Michael Thomas stands out to me as the best uh, daily fantasy play on the Saints I think that they are going to be able to get him matched up with linebackers like all game. And by the way, he was uh, matched up with linebackers quite frequently uh, against Carolina. Um, I was actually listening to the radio broadcast with Kurt Warner. And he was like, they should be doing, they should be throwing a Michael Thomas every time. You know, they, every time he's in the left slot, uh, you know, he's getting Shaq Thompson. And he's like, they should be doing this every time. I don't know why they don't, they don't do that every play. And, uh, you know, he did have seven catches, but it was for like 49 yards. I was thinking like maybe they're saving that up for, for next week. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but they definitely played the game like it was weird. Like they played it very close to the vest. And, you know, they called like that Tommy Lee Lewis play down at the goal line. I was like pulling my hair out man it was i thought that they just would have been done so much better offensively in that game the panthers did did come to play um you know the the linebackers especially really stood out and bradbury bradbury uh was awesome in the game 
But, you know, the, the, we have not seen the Saints off. Like, the defense has been carrying the team recently. So are we going to see the offense pop back up for a big-time performance? Um, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, I think that you're still starting breeze in season long. Again, I love Michael Thomas. Their, their pass catcher core is just not very good. I mean, zoom out for a second. Look at what we're dealing with here. You know, Traquan Smith has done really nothing. He has, he does have the great home, uh, the home home split. So you can maybe look at him as like a dart throw, but I mean, he really hasn't done anything uh, aside from like two games this year. Um, they don't, they can't get Ted Ginn back. I don't think until next week. And then you're dealing with guys like Keith Kirkwood and you know Dan Arnold and. Um, Ben Watson and, you know, just a Austin Carr, just a bunch of guys. And, you know, they really only have one big-time receiver, uh, you know, or tight end. And uh, and uh, they do have two great backs. Um, but, you know, Mark Ingram has not been good unless it has been uh, blowouts in terms of fantasy. And Alvin Kamara has been good. He is averaging um, 20 touches per game in one-score games since Mark Ingram returned. Mark Ingram only averaging 12 touches per game in one-score games. The spread on this game is six and a half, six or six and a half. Uh, so the the game definitely tilts toward an, being an Alvin Kamara game. We can move on to the last one. Well, there's Sunday night and Monday night, believe it or not. The Sunday night game is the Chiefs and the Seahawks. It's a good one. The Monday night game is the I'm about to be fired bowl versus the I probably never should have been hired coach, uh, Broncos Raiders. But let's do Chiefs Seahawks first. Yeah, I had erased the, the Raiders Broncos game from, from my mind. Got to be the worst Monday night game all year. But Seahawks Chiefs, I mean, it's another fire the cannons game. Uh, again, you know the 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 total is tied with uh, Saints Steelers for the highest of the entire week. Um, it's interesting because the Chiefs, both of these offenses have been really good, but they're very very different. Uh, the Se- the Seahawks, of course, lead the NFL in rushing, and the Chiefs are, I believe, second in the NFL in passing. Uh, so they kind of get it done in different ways. I think the Seahawks defense is not good. I think it's bad. It's been bad against the run. Good quarterbacks have ripped it up, and I think that Mahomes will. And uh, I, I expect a, a big game from Tyree Kill. I know that he's been disappointing in two of the last three, uh, but I don't think anybody on the Seahawks can cover him. They have big corners that – are just not going to be able to move with Tyreek Hill. And uh, he's got that extra bit of rest uh, coming off of the Thursday night game after he was previously dealing with um, a, what was it, an ankle injury? A heel injury, a heel injury, Tyreek Hill. Um, So he's going to be a little bit healthier. And I think that he can have a big game, I mean, no one can cover Travis Kelsey except for the Chargers for some weird reason. He still had seven catches for 61 yards in the last game. Do not want to mess with Chris Conley or Demarcus Robinson or Kelvin Benjamin at all. Um, 
Running back, you know, is Spencer Ware going to come back? We're not going to find that out probably until Thursday at the earliest. Uh, you know, Damian Williams was the clear feature back. Darrell Williams was the two. And Charkandrick West, I think, only played one snap uh, in the last game. So that's your pecking order if Spencer Ware is not back. But I, my guess is that he will be back. I think he was – I think if they had played that game on Sunday, he probably would have played. Uh, Russ, you know, absolutely – uh, against Kansas City at home. I mean, he's in a great spot. Uh, Baldwin came back, scored two touchdowns last week. That's great. You know, Kendall Fuller is having wrist surgery, the chief slot corner. And Dr. Chow was saying that he thought that maybe Kendall Fuller could play through with a cast on. But, man, I mean, you might even want him out there if he's playing with a cast on. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be as good. So that's that bodes well for Baldwin and Lockett. Uh, Lockett, although he is not, you know, he's, he doesn't play in the slot as much as um, as Baldwin does, but he does about, still he still does between thirty five and fifty percent depending on the game. I think both of those guys are upside wide receiver three plays. The the David Moore situation, I just I just don't understand it. Um, his playing time just wavers week to week. And so you kind of never know what you're going to get. Uh, he has shared time at times with um, uh, Jerron Brown and somebody named Malik Turner. Um, at tight end, Dixon and Vanette are just not guys you, you want to play. Um, it doesn't look like Penny is going to be back this week, Rashad Penny, uh, because the Seahawks just added a running back. That sets up Carson for another monster workload. He was a monster last week, and I remember seeing, you know, Penny was out kind of late in the week, and I was like, man, I want to get Chris Carson into my DFS lineup so bad, um, and I just kind of couldn't find a place for him because I wanted to play Jalen Samuels and Gurley and uh, Dalvin Cook too, and those guys worked out fine. Um, probably should have just played more lineups because Carson was a beast, and uh, this is a great matchup for him and everything. Uh, Mike Davis will be, you know, the third down passing down back. But what you really loved to see last week was Carson getting a ton of targets and catches, uh, really elevated his scoring. Uh, and with no penny, hey, he, he might get more opportunity. They might fall behind against Patrick Mahomes. That's been known to happen. Uh, we can move on to the last one. Well, I already mentioned it. It's the Raiders and the Broncos, two teams going nowhere. Yeah, pretty ugly game. Uh, the Raiders have been a little bit better uh, in terms of their scoring at home. They, you know, fell victim to the obvious letdown spot at 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, in Cincinnati last week, lost by two scores. Uh, really didn't get anything going offensively in the game, you know. Uh, and I, I don't think that they're going to have, like, you know, a big game by any means here either. Uh, the Bronco, you know, the Derek Carr has been much worse under pressure, and Broncos can definitely get pressure with Bradley Chubb and uh, and uh, Von Miller, and you know this Raider offensive line has not been good. Doesn't look like they're going to have Gabe Jackson or Kalechi Assemele back, uh, and they lost their top backup guard, John Feliciano, for the season. So they're really you know depleted on the interior offensive line they started Chaz Green uh, who they got from you know off waivers from the Cowboys a few weeks ago they started him at guard last week uh, 
Um, you know, so I, I just I, I don't want anything to do with, with these with these Raiders. Jalen Rashard splitting time with Doug Martin. Doug Martin hasn't been very effective. Isn't used in the passing game. Uh, Jared Cook is definitely a guy to look at. I mean, the Broncos have given up uh, the most yards per game in the NFL to tight ends. Uh, Jared Cook is coming off a very disappointing game, though, and one where he got vultured by Lee Smith. Lee Smith has scored a goal line touchdown in three straight games. Um, that's not going to help Jared Cook. Uh, and then they've also used um, Derek Carrier and Darren Waller a, a little bit as you know, kind of like um, reserve tight ends, which has messed with Jared Cook a little bit. Uh, but st- still using Jared Cook. I mean, I-, I think that, you know, the matchup, and he- he's still running a lot of routes, so uh, he's still, a, a you know, like a top 10 fantasy tight end play uh, this week. I think that at receiver, it's going to be Jordy, Marcel Aitman, and Seth Roberts as the top three. Don't want anything to do with Seth Roberts or Aitman, but Jordy has been pretty good lately, getting a lot of targets, and this Broncos secondary, I mean, it's not very good without Chris Harris, you know, and without Isaac Yadam. So you know, they're down a bunch of guys, and I think that Jordy is kind of an underrated wide receiver four slash flex, definitely a guy to look at on the DFS uh, small slates. On the, other, uh, on the other side for Denver, it's very clear what they want to do. Uh, they are going to want to run the, run the rock, and they should be able to have success doing that against the Raiders, uh, who are not good against the run. Uh, the slowest defense in the NFL, facing facing one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. I know that Philip Lindsay has not been as good in the past two games. The Broncos lost a ton of dudes on their interior O-line, Matt Paradis, Max Garcia, uh, Ronald Leary. So, you know, we kind of should have been anticipating at some point that they would have, they would take a st- step back with their rushing efficiency, uh, and it has happened over the last two games. I think they could get it back going against Oakland. Uh, Royce Freeman remains. I mean, he wasn't wasn't effective last week, and you know, isn't getting very many uh, targets or I'm sorry, um, touches anymore. Um, the receiver, the three receiver set. Tim Patrick turned in his second. He led the team in receiving yards for the second straight game, uh, and I think that he's a real good play. It looks like the Raiders are going to be without Gary and Conley, uh, who has been their best cornerback of late uh, due to a concussion, and his backup is Daryl Worley, who was just hemorrhaging touchdown passes uh, in the starting lineup from week 6 through 13 before he got benched, and uh, you, you, you want him out there against Tim Patrick. Uh, and Tim Patrick is like a, a wide receiver four um, still, but I think that he's definitely notable. The other outside receiver, of course, is Cortland Sutton, um, and he's been very boomer bust. Um, had a pretty solid game last week. I think he's just in the same boat as Tim Patrick. Deshaun Hamilton, if I was going to pick from those guys, from the Broncos receivers in a PPR league, Deshaun Hamilton is the guy. Tyler Boyd did whatever he wanted last week in the slot against the Raiders where they have shuffled guys. Nick Nelson, rookie out of, uh, I believe, Wisconsin. Uh, He was their slot corner, and they switched him out for Marcus Gilchrist, kind of like a journeyman safety at slot corner last week. And Tyler Boyd just 
did whatever he wanted in the first half before he got hurt. Uh, so, and Deshaun Hamilton has seven catches in back-to-back games. He's just playing the exact role that Emmanuel Sanders was not quite as good, uh, especially after the catch. He, he needs to start breaking some tackles, but um, getting a lot of catches, and we like that in fantasy football. Uh, at tight end, Matt Lacoste finally got it going, had just did nothing for two weeks, and then uh, he played pretty well uh, last week in the, the Saturday game against Cleveland, four catches for 43 on six targets. And uh, against the Raiders, who give up a ton of, of um, uh, fantasy points to tight ends, not a bad streamer at all. Good luck to everyone in week 16. All right, so we mentioned earlier, Evan, terrific as always. A lot of you, obviously, not in your team's championship game, but you can still do what the guy that's leading the Super Contest does, and that's take Evan's knowledge and go directly to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1, where you get a 50% welcome bonus when you do that, and go ahead and place wagers on whatever information you took from Evan that you truly believe in your heart is going to happen and you can use to your monetary advantage. BetOnline.ag, the promo code's PODCAST1, and Evan's helping people win money in fantasy, win money in betting, win money everywhere. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. By the way, I got these awesome chocolate footballs. They're the size of a real football from R.M. Palmer, and I've been telling you uh, on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, I'm sending one out to somebody that sends me screenshots of them rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. So um, I got one to send out. You rate and review the show. Send me a screenshot of that. I'll send you one of these chocolate-covered footballs. Sounds like a deal. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.